the more you give yourself permission to be yourself, the more you magnetize people like you or people who respect you and love you and celebrate you for who you are. And I think when we see people that we admire or say, gosh, they're so cool, it's because they are confidently and authentically themselves in their own special way. And that just radiates. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hi, friends, and welcome back to Gather and Grow. Today, I have such a special treat for you. I am currently sitting on a bed in a house in Branson, Missouri, hours away from the Ascend Retreat kickoff from the most beautiful women who are going to be joining us this weekend. And I am joined by some women who have become dear, dear friends over the past couple of years. And we are just going to record a little coffee chat. We got some questions from Instagram stories from you. And we each threw in some of our own, some serious, some who knows what's in there, honestly. And we're just going to give you our candid thoughts and answers. Kylie is painting her nails as we speak. We are in our comfy pajamas and (laughs) we're just here for this. So I'll let everyone introduce themselves in case you're getting to know them for the first time. But otherwise, I think you're in for a real treat because I love these women so, so much. Hello there, friends. My name is Kaya Chilselman Burchett, better known as Coach Kaya, and I have the incredible honor to be one of the coaches at Emily's second Ascend Retreat, which is just so exciting. For those of you that don't know me, I am a California cattle rancher turned life coach, motivational speaker, and fellow podcaster, and I'm just on a mission to empower others to love themselves deeper, care for themselves better, and find joy in this messy, beautiful journey of life. Hello, I'm Hannah Gable Dorn. I am the photographer for the retreat. I live in South Central Nebraska, where my husband and I raise beef cattle, and I photograph shoebox photos that leave a legacy, and these are photos that we might not print off and hang on the walls today, but we'll keep them, print them, put them in our shoebox, and later down the road, they'll mean everything to us. Hi, friends. I am Kylie Epperson. I am a farmer. I am a image consultant, and I am a dear friend of Emily's, and I'm so honored to be at her Ascend Retreat. Doing this is just going to be such a wonderful event this year. Feels like we were just here. It's been six months, and so we've all grown so much, and so it's so fun for us to be together in this way, but it's also going to be so fun to introduce a whole new group of women build that community, but also do that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's not much about me, but here's the mic back. <laughs> here's who we are. Okay. We're going to start with an easy question sure. because this is a coffee chat, although we have already finished our coffee. What is your go-to coffee order? Mine is a, um, if I'm at Starbucks, a venti iced Americano, one pump mocha, one pump caramel, one pump hazelnut, mm. and two orders of bacon egg whites. <laughs> I am as equally high maintenance at Starbucks. <laughs> um, mine's a venti skinny caramel macchiato, half cap if I've had too much caffeine already, half the pumps of syrup, and extra hot. And two orders of beer. 
if I am at my favorite local coffee shop, I am ordering a latte with sugar-free English toffee syrup. Oh, yum. It's so good. Yum. Okay, listen, I like bougie coffee. I also like, you know, hotel room free coffee. I like coffee in all forms. I would say my go-to Starbucks order specifically lately, I go through phases, is a venti extra hot pistachio latte. Maybe it's because I'm from California. I don't know. I think it's the pistachio. Um, And maybe a snack. So that's my go-to. Okay. Are you ready for the next question? We're ready. Next question. As successful business owners, what is the biggest thing that's gotten you where you are? Such a great question. And I would say, and I think this probably has something to do with where I'm sitting right now, but Mm. I think that as an entrepreneur, especially... I could not have gone to where I'm at without community. And I think community looks a lot of different ways, but I cherish the women that I'm sitting around right now in this room. I think this room is when we start a business or when we own a business, we think we have to do everything ourselves and know how to do all the things. And the truth is that all of us are just trying to figure it out. And I tell you what, friends, it is so much easier to figure that out with a community of people who understand where you're at, who can support you in your growth, who maybe are better at some piece of business that you are, that you can also support them in the areas where you really thrive. In my experience, especially in the work that I do as a coach and as a speaker, I found entrepreneurship to be really exciting to have the freedom, but also very isolating. Mm -hmm. I was sitting at home all day long behind a computer. It just felt like I am the only one in this. And the truth is, is that you're not alone. And I think when we are able to find a community of people in that similar space, man, we just grow together. There's like one of my favorite quotes is a rising tide lifts all boats. And I just find that to be true. When one of us succeeds, we all succeed. So community for me is the biggest piece. I was going to say the exact same thing, which is honestly why we're here this weekend for the retreat. In my previous careers, both at the YMCA and as a teacher, I have just always been on collaborative teams. So similar to what you said, as an entrepreneur, I just found myself sitting in my dining room, spiraling out, trying to make decisions or figure something out or just feel like I wasn't going crazy. So having are really going out of my way to build a support system and lean on other people and ask questions and bravely send Instagram messages to people that I felt like were too cool to be my friends, which is how half the people in this room are sitting here, is honestly like why I'm doing all of what I'm doing today. So samesies. Okay, I would echo community, but that would be make this to be a very boring question and conversation. So I echo community because as you guys said everything I'd ever want to say about friendship and knowing what you don't know and letting other people guide you in that way and support you. But I also think there's a lot of power in entrepreneurship and taking a risk on yourself. And so we can give grace to so many other people and empower them and encourage them, but we have to want to do the same for ourselves. And when we can take that risk and we have the communities to support that jump, that leap that we need to take to gamble on ourselves, that's when the real power comes. So it's almost like a dual answer, like community and also take the chance on Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, of course I echo everything that they already said, but I'll take this a little bit different way. One thing is just the confidence. You have to have confidence in yourself Mm -hmm. and in Mm -hmm. your idea and what you believe in and what you're trying to do. And you just have to go for it because there will be naysayers along the way. And you just have to know deep down in your heart what you believe in, what you know will work and just unapologetically go for it. Mm -hmm. And that has probably been what's gotten Mm -hmm. me to where I am. Yeah, great Mm -hmm. answer. Great answer. Yeah, I echo that. I actually recorded 
an episode recently about how I left my nine to five. And, you know, as much as there's advice that you could give on what the transition looks like, I think the most important and hardest thing is just having the audacity to believe it's all going to work out. Mm-hmm. In no matter what you're doing. Like when people say like, oh, how'd you get into speaking? I'm like, I said I was a speaker and started talking about it. Like I think some of the most successful in the people in the world, no matter whether you're an entrepreneur or an actor or on anything, it's just believing that it's possible and going all in. What's your favorite color and why? Mm. I'll start. (laughs) Mine's green. Um, I like to call it scourge green. If you're in agriculture whatsoever, (laughs) that is like this really beautiful blend of mustard yellow and moss green. So again, for those of you who are in agriculture, scours is a very sad illness that baby animals get specifically. They basically poop themselves and they get dehydrated and can get very, very sick. And so it just happens to be that I am an autumn and house of color consultant. And so that's a very important color in my color wheel. And I did bring three shirts, four, five shirts, five shirts. Me, in that exact same shade of beautiful scour screen. So that's my favorite color. And, and I don't why? know why, but like, that's why I love it. It's like ties my agriculture heart to my color world. <laughs> in the most beautiful way possible. Okay, I would say for my whole life, my favorite color has been some variation of like teal, aqua, blue-ish. But since getting my colors done with Kylie, for sure, the biggest portion of my wardrobe is coral, Mm -hmm. some flavor of coral. I just love it so much. It is warm and inviting, but also vibrant and bright. So I just Mm -hmm. feel like it's kind of me in a color. I agree. I just love that the first poop joke that was made today was not me. It's <laughs> always going to be me. I, I love a good poop joke. I also love Scour's Green, but I'm not going to say that one. I, growing up, my favorite color was blue, always. And it's actually shifted. I would say I go through phases in coffee and in color. And lately, my favorite color has been lime green. And let me tell you, I would never have had the like audacity to pick such a bold, vibrant color had I not got my colors done. By Kylie. Um, now it's just something that I have gravitated towards. And I own a lot more lime green than I ever thought possible. I have always loved purple ever since I was a little girl. And I still love purple. And I always will love purple. Mm-hmm. It's your dye. It's your liver dye. It is. There's something to be said. It's called dopamine dressing right now. That's kind of like a trend. Um, and increasing, like, I always like to say that I'm happy when I wear my bright, like lime, like you said, Kaya, those bright, vibrant colors. You're happy when you wear coral. You're happy when you wear purple. Okay. So I actually think you should just wear whatever color you, you love. It just matters like the shade and the tone. So mm. it's very fun. If dressing in a certain color makes That's you happy, fun. I am here to like live a happy life. Okay. Next question. What is a really hard thing you've been through that in hindsight you're grateful for? Oh. Well, I'll go first because I feel like (laughs) I've talked about this endlessly on the podcast over the last six months, but really just what the last six months or so of my life has looked like in coming to terms with the fact or that I was ready to start healing in a lot of ways that I didn't know that I needed previously and, you know, ask for help and start going to therapy and doing the work. As I've said, I just feel like I'm in such a clear headspace now that felt impossible months ago. So although it was a journey I never saw coming and was definitely not fun at the time, um, looking back, I'm really proud of myself and and grateful for um, what it took to get through that. I would say the hard thing that I went through, I think was my lifetime worth of body hatred. And that sounds terrible because mm-hmm. 
you know, I think that the things that grow us are the things we wouldn't wish on anybody else. They're the things that we wouldn't choose to do over again, but they're the things that we needed in order to grow. And looking back, I think that my journey with body image and weight struggles, I thought was my curse. And now at this phase in my life, I look back and really see it as one of my greatest gifts because it's afforded me this incredible opportunity to be able to pour into so many other women who um, are in that struggle right now. So that's a piece that I'm very grateful for now. Mine is that my dad had cancer for a big majority of my life and eventually passed away when I was in college. And that was a pretty rough time, um, very ongoing time. And it's truly shaped uh, my business and why I do what I do. And I'm just so grateful that I can honor him and serve other families through that. I have, I'm going through therapy, like Emily had just mentioned, and that's like a big thing that I'm so grateful for. And I have all like these big milestone things that like I thought was such a curse and I'm now would not be the person that I am. But the one that has shaped me that I'm still really working on is um, our very first pregnancy ended in a like 12 week miscarriage, 10 to 12 week miscarriage. And I remember feeling so devastated and I still am like, I still don't feel like I fully healed from that process. But I also can look now after having three beautiful children and understand that that baby in heaven was meant to be in heaven for whatever reason. And that I wouldn't have my beautiful three healthy thriving children and I wouldn't be their mom if I hadn't had that first experience. Mm -hmm. And so uh, not business related at all, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's the stuff that we go through that makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. Okay. This wasn't a question that came from Emily's community and it was, How do you deal with small town talk? I'm just going to assume that this person was thinking about like gossipy small town talk, Mm -hmm. which is super hard to deal with. So um, no, you're not alone if that's something that you struggle with. I think for me, whether it's small town talk, whether it's talk behind your back within your family, even um, in your community with old friends, maybe you were close with, Mm -hmm. maybe you're listening to this when you're in high school and it's just talk within your school, within your classmates. I think that the older I get and the more that I've learned about the way that we as people tend to project our own insecurities, it's helped me learn to recognize that while it doesn't feel good when other people talk about you negatively or try to tear down your dreams or make you feel dumb or silly, it almost 100% of the time has absolutely nothing to do with you. And it has everything to do with their own fear and their own insecurity that they're projecting onto you. And it's really helped me be more compassionately curious towards people who are cruel or mean or demeaning, not that their behavior is okay, but to be able to say, oh, they must be really struggling with that right Mm -hmm. now. And I have struggled with that too. And I'm on the process of healing and they're just not there yet. I think that that helps me make peace with it and recognizing that this is actually really not about me. That doesn't necessarily make the talk, the talk stop, but we can't always make the talk stop. We can only um, really decide how we're going to let it affect us. And so that's been something that's really, really been Mm -hmm. helpful for me. Yeah, I echo what you said about oftentimes if someone is making the choice to um, say negative things. And I think the worst thing is when you walk into a room and you just, you know, that you've been a topic of conversation. Um, And I think oftentimes, like Kaya said, when someone is choosing to do that, it's shining a light on their own insecurity. And the truth is, when you are doing something new or different that no one else around you is doing, whether that's starting a business or changing the way your health looks like or parenting differently or or whatever, 
it's going to come with some level of criticism. And sometimes it does come from a place of genuine concern or worry. I think oftentimes, especially in our family or close friends, you know, as humans, we want to to be safe and keep the people we love safe. So I think that for me, the more confident that I have become in what I'm doing and who I am and what my purpose is in whatever choices I'm making, the less that that impacts me. I know when I very first started my Instagram account, I literally started a new one because I didn't want anyone to know what I'm doing because I was like, oh, who am I to you know start start this thing? Or I don't want anyone to see this. Or I don't want anyone to see me fail or stumble or look stupid. And now I'm like, okay, this is this is how I provide for my family. This is my life's work. I've seen the impact of it. And if you have something negative to say about it, like, sorry, <laughs> that stinks. But um, it doesn't make it sting any less when it does happen. But again, that goes back to surrounding yourself with the right people. I've had more people in my life speak positively into the changes I've made and the things that I'm doing that the opinions of people, what is it? It's like a Brene Brown quote, like, oh, like not taking opinions from anyone who's not in the arena or something like that. It's a Teddy Roosevelt quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's really important. So Kylie, what do you think? I think social media and the internet currently allows us to have community outside of our small town. And that's so giving in a lot of ways. But we've all heard the saying, stay in your own lane. And just like you were mentioning in the arena, if they're not competing with you and what, and, and if there's no reason for their opinion to matter, then it shouldn't matter. Easier said than done. But comparison is such a dangerous game and letting others expectations of you is such a dangerous game to play. Mm-hmm. Um, even falling into your own expectations is a dangerous game to play. And so if I could give any advice on it, it would just be to narrow your focus on why you're doing it and on your motivations and you know the, the mission that you're on. And don't let those outside voices influence you in that way. When I was first starting out in my entrepreneurial journey, I heard or read um, the saying that you can't worry about the the opinions of people who are not paying your bills. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. that stuck with me for, it has been years that that has stuck with It's so much easier said than actually done. But when you think about that, it just makes it easier to just let it go. I just want to share really quick because I think this quote deserves a moment. This is the Theodore Roosevelt quote. I first heard Brene Brown share it, but it is so good. And this is what it is. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I get chills when I hear that. And I also will recommend reading the book Daring Greatly by Brene Brown if this quote really resonates with you. All right, next one. We're going to do a fun one. Current go-to pump-up jam. Okay, this is not my typical type of pump-up jam, and I will preface this with I am so very happily married, but currently my favorite jam is Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Mm. How very not millennial of you. (laughs) (laughs) Not my normal song. Oh my gosh, I made this playlist for 
my friend Whitney's retreat and it's been the one that I've been going over and over again. So I really like dreams by Fleetwood Mac. That's not actually a pump up song, but it just makes me like sway from side to side. Here you go. You know that one? You say you. Yeah. It's just like, I want to play right now for you. It just makes me happy. Okay, my forever go-to pump-up jam is also a Miley song from a different era, and that is Party in the USA. Oh, my gosh. Like, who doesn't want to dance on a table when that song comes on? But when I originally heard you uh, say this question, I was thinking of the song we were listening to as we were prepping for the retreat, which is... Yeah, I mean, I don't know again, I am very happily married, um, as Hannah said, and I that song comes on and I want to turn it up as loud as possible and scream at the top of my lungs. I don't know if it makes me proud or concerned that my niece, Cora, who's four years old, also loves that song. Drunk and I um, okay, my current pump up song and this is the one i danced to at the cultivating courage conference it's megan trainer's song i love me mm-hmm. it's a vibe and i've just been really into like self-love anthems lately i have a whole playlist because i've worked really damn hard to love myself and so i think music is healing too amen this is alita thanks for listening to mommy podcast if you like today's episode, we feel free. And that's until then, I'll tell you about our dose song. Thank you so much for recording. You heard the girl. If you're loving today's episode, we would so appreciate if you leave us a review, share on social, or send it to a friend. Okay, next question. What would you do if you weren't doing this? If I weren't doing this... It's not a, like, what would my dreams be? Because I do think that I couldn't quantify my dreams because I was so busy doing life. And when I opened up that space for myself, then that was when creativity and hopes and dreams all started flowing, goals, all of that good stuff, which is what we work on here, right? Mm -hmm. Um, At the Ascender Tree. But if I wasn't doing this, do you know what I would be doing? I would be teaching or I would be at home with my kids, or I would be doing the farm book work because I wouldn't, if I didn't take the chance on myself and step outside of that box. Granted, that box was wonderful and it supplied for my family and it was, it was nurturing in its own way, but it wasn't made for me specifically. I was trying to fit myself into a good cookie cutter mold that mm-hmm. I was never going to fit into. So by allowing myself to like throw the mold away and realize that I can make my own mold or I could just be this like free form cookie. Um, that then I could actually have the life that I would want. And that's what I'm doing right now. You freeform cookie. Freeform cookie. (laughs) Um, okay. If I were not doing what I'm doing now, I, let me backtrack. So my husband and I, um, have a small cow calf herd. He started it from scratch and I married into it. And now we are going at it together. I did not grow up in agriculture. I was always interested in it. And so I think if I were to start over and do something else, I would find a farmer or rancher willing to teach someone from outside the industry um, mm. how how to live this lifestyle and how to do all the things. And I would just work for them until I could start my own thing. Ooh, if I wasn't doing this, what would I be doing? Um, you know, sometimes I think that I missed my calling as a theater nerd in high school. 
I'm surprised you weren't. I wasn't a theater nerd. No, I did like, I did FFA and peer leadership mm. and all the other things. And, you know, you can't do all the things. I tried, trust me. I definitely tried. I think I would have really thrived in acting. Meanwhile, I am in the middle of producing a TV show. So maybe I have <laughs> to like live out that dream. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> but I feel like I would have really leaned into the arts. Before I started coaching, I did have a, I did do consulting and graphic design and watercolor illustration. And I think if I wasn't doing this, maybe I would have really leaned into doing more art full time. Mm. So obviously before I was doing what I'm doing now, I was a teacher and I thought I'd be doing that forever. So that would obviously be on the table. When I was at the Y for a long time, when I was writing in my journal every morning, I was writing, I am the CEO of a nonprofit. So perhaps I would be at that place. Mm -hmm. I also have said if I could duplicate myself and live an entirely different life, I would be an event coordinator like for weddings. I was an assistant for one at one point in my life and loved it. Just wasn't willing to give up um, weekends and wanting to have a family. But I also really love clean teeth and feel like I could have thrived in being a dental hygienist. I love (laughs) getting my teeth cleaned. Like I would do it every week if I could. I love it. Okay. One do and one don't for starting a business. Mm. One do, solve a problem. You have to have a problem to solve. You cannot make a problem to try to solve. The problem has to already exist. um, And then it will be much easier to find Mm -hmm. clients. One don't is get too worried about details. Mm -hmm. Um, When I first started, I felt I had to have a perfect brand and a perfect design and a perfect website and that stuff has changed so many times over the course of getting started and I don't even want to know how much time and money I wasted on that mm-hmm. <laughs> so all that stuff can come later they always say so let me do one don't first like Hannah don't try to do it all yourself like she mm-hmm. said you don't have to get hung up in the details on the early side also once you're going through all those details it is who not how it's a mm-hmm. money mindset like you can pay somebody to do it and you can find a way to make that money mm-hmm. and you can live a much happier life, not trying to do it all the things that don't mm-hmm. serve you and serve your personality. And so who, not how on the don't, like don't try to do it all yourself as a solving problem to that, find someone else to do it for you. One do for starting a business is have faith in yourself. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think entrepreneurship specifically is the most forceful form of personal growth. So I think the biggest do is investing in that from the get-go, whether it's joining a mastermind, going to a retreat, reading books, listening to podcasts, um, going to therapy. Like You have to be willing to confront the parts of yourself that you just don't have to when you are are working for someone else, um, or at least not in the same way. So that is my biggest do. And my biggest don't, I think, um, kind of echoes what Hannah said, but don't overthink it or feel like you need to have like an elaborate business plan or every single micro detail. Because the truth is your business, your idea, your passion is going to evolve as you do. And there's only so much you can predict in the beginning. So I think there's a lot to be said for jumping in and following the breadcrumbs as they lead and opportunities as they come. And being okay with pivoting and changing and like I said, evolving. Mm, these are so good. I would say do get started and fail a lot, like a mm-hmm. lot. I think mm-hmm. the thing that stops a lot of people from even going into business, even if they've been sitting on the idea or the dream or the desire to be an entrepreneur and maybe stops them from ever doing it mm-hmm. is because they are afraid to fail. And I am here to tell you that you are going to fail. In fact, I hope you fail 
a crap ton mm-hmm. because that is the only, the only way that you get better, the only way that you grow. And so if you are someone that is starting a business, I hope you fail your face off this year. Like you know, get really, really comfortable with failing and just standing back up. I would say don't be afraid to ask the people that you admire questions. And maybe that means paying them to work with them. Maybe that means sliding into their DMs, like Emily alluded to earlier. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I believe, this is me speaking for myself here, I believe that there is room for all of us. And so if someone, if I can reach a hand down to help another person up, I personally am more than willing to do that. And not everybody is, but a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that finding a mentor is really important. And I say that not meaning that you have to like, actually have a mentor that even knows you. When I started as a business or as an entrepreneur, I binged business podcasts like it was my job. And those podcast hosts have no idea that I exist, but they very much were mentors for me in the beginning and gave me so many resources that really helped me get started. So that is my do and don't. Okay. Next question. What is one big goal you're working on? Ooh, I think my problem is I have 17,000 and I need to reduce them down. Um, I'll share the one big goal I'm working on right now is me and one of my best friends. We are producing a pilot episode for a TV show called Backroad Cowgirls. And our goal this year is to finish the official pilot episode and begin the process of shopping out to major networks. So, you know, making it up as we go, but very excited for that journey. Catch us on the big screen one day. Any award winners? We're just manifesting. Mm-hmm. Can we all come to your premiere? Absolutely. We'll be there. Um, I'm working on becoming fully self-employed. I still have a part-time job for now. Not for long. I am currently balancing like my agriculture influencing personal brand with also my house of color, understanding more and more each day that it's all me. And one goal that I have with that is to increase revenue with doing less work. Isn't everybody's goals that mm-hmm. all basic, but like makeup sales, we have incredible season specific makeup that just shines a light on you and not on, it doesn't look like you're playing in your mom's makeup and it's just literally <laughs> the perfect, the most perfect match for you once you get your season. But then I also want to help convert a lot of my color clients to style because style is that like transformational process Mm -hmm. of giving up all that crap that you once tried. Like color's one thing. Sure. Okay. You look better in autumn colors than winter, whatever. But when you realize what your true style is, there's so much love. There's like next level confidence and authenticity Mm -hmm. in those combined is just a phenomenal transformation to watch. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of my big goals for this year is to grow a person. <laughs> okay. No, but, um, but really, yeah. but really, but yes. Um, yeah. And really a lot of the things that I am planning to pour into this year are things that I put into motion last year. Um, you know, growing speaking and planning the next retreat and facilitating masterminds that really have an impact on lives. Um, I have declared out loud that I am going to start writing a book, which I know is something also Kaya is. I only shared one. Okay. Okay. Well, Kaya and I are going to navigate that journey together. So I am not actively working on that other than just trying to sort through in my brain. Like how does one even write a book? I mean, obviously sit down, open your computer, open the word document and type words, We'll figure it out together. but, but we'll yeah, that's, that's a, that's a goal. And going back to having the right people around you. Um, I don't remember what month it was. 
Kylie sent me a picture in Target and said, hey, there's an empty spot for your book. And sometimes I think about that because mm, doesn't everyone just need people in their life that see your big dreams, hear you say it out loud one time, and then, gosh, I'm going to cry. Oh my gosh, stop. It's the pregnancy. It's the pregnancy. It's okay. No, it's not. it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm crying. But just remember them and continuously remind them that it's possible. So, mm, so yeah. Okay. Also off of that, I never, ever want to be an author to a book and that's okay. Mm. So like in that same breath of have friends that support you know that as you're, I guess they're, hold on, let me, can I start another question? Did everybody, did you get to go on that last one? Yeah. She said, she okay, sorry. One of the questions right here was is advice you would give to someone starting their entrepreneurial journey. And so this kind of piggybacks right off of that. Okay. Stop comparing yourself to others. Like we're going to get all these good do's, do this, do this, do this. Cause these women are true bad boss babes. Didn't cuss, wanted to cuss. <laughs> You're welcome. We can put the explicit. And, um, <laughs> but don't compare yourself to others and understand that it's so exciting to do whatever you want to do and to do mm-hmm. and have the opportunity to do anything that you want to do but we also don't have to do everything that everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. And so you guys want to write a book. I'm here for that. I will edit it. And by edit it, I mean like I'll read it <laughs> and say like, I hate this or I like this, but I have no desire to do that. And that's good with me, but I'm like your cheerleader and you guys are my cheerleader. Cause you have no desire to sell makeup to people or do all this other stuff. Like, Zero. no, I'll just send so, everyone your way. We're working on wearing makeup. Don't compare yourself to others and like against mm-hmm. your language we've already talked about. What's one of your unpopular opinions? I know. Oh, go ahead. Gosh. You have a lot, so go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm only going to say one, but like how long can this podcast be? Because I can go <laughs> on for days. Uh, she hates <laughs> <laughs> Is that breakfast food is extremely overrated. Oh, no. I'm so hungry and offended. <laughs> breakfast food is my all-time favorite. I would eat it any time of the day. Eggs. Air fryer, tater tots, mm. and uh, any kind of breakfast meat with ketchup. So my unpopular opinion was going to be ketchup on eggs all the time. Ooh. Mm. Nobody. My unpopular opinion is that ketchup is the grossest thing on the planet. I hate the <laughs> smell of it. One time in high school, someone covered my car in ketchup when I was at That's my boyfriend's rude. house, and I hate ketchup and mind you it was also a red station wagon so but anyway i was late i got home after curfew because we had to clean the ketchup off and i couldn't help because it makes your, me want to throw up that's your next like therapy session <laughs> is why, you hate why why did someone do that i hated ketchup long before that i have always hated ketchup my other unpopular opinion was hot coffee is disgusting oh uh, so disgusting uh, so, so disgusting people that order that's okay extra. more for me extra hot. <laughs> extra hot um okay my unpopular opinion is that one of my favorite smells in the entire world scours <laughs> uh, not quite some people might be just as offended though. gasoline no my, my favorite smell is burnt hair and Ew. listen let me explain Barf. why Can't let me explain why okay yeah. i understand like, hannah knows <laughs> hannah knows but like growing up um i grew up on a cattle ranch and so like some of my fondest memories were at cattle brandings and it's like that smell when you know like smells are connected to your memories mm-hmm. from any other sense yeah when i smell that i'm like <gasps> it childhood. makes me think of my childhood and it's like obviously i don't want a candle with that scent but I, I kind of like it, that smell, which is not, you know, most people's usually top least favorite smell. Have you, have you ever seen that? 
YouTube video was popular. It's been so long, probably when I was in college and I won't tell you how many years that was, but it was of this girl and she was doing a tutorial on YouTube of yes. curling her hair and she curls it up uh, and it, yes. the, the curling iron got so hot that it singed her hair That's off. That's happened to me. And she's like, oh. I mean, she's so yes. stunned. I, I could watch that video over and over again. That's I'm going to have Emily link it in the... Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so good. funny. Okay. Um, this was another one in the box, but tips for... I think this could really be for anyone. Tips for navigating people in your life, whether you would describe them as toxic or unsupportive or differing opinions, but especially when it's like people that you love, maybe mm. people in your family or friends that you recognize that you don't see eye to eye on things or you're never going to, but it's someone you really care for. Mm. Kaya, I feel like you're going to have just really great advice for this because- Kaya like just speaks with wisdom that makes me want to cry all the time. She's the best. I know. I have nothing now. Um, okay. The first thing that comes to mind with this question is first of all, I feel you. And I think that a lot of us have examples in our lives of how to navigate this. Boundaries are a beautiful thing. Yes. They are a beautiful mm-hmm. thing and a hard thing sometimes, especially if you're new to setting and honoring your boundaries. One thing I will say about boundaries, boundaries are something that is very loving for you and the other person. I think what stops us a lot from setting boundaries with people, especially if it's someone in our family that we love that's really toxic is we are afraid we're going to hurt their feelings or they're going to be offended. But the reason that you are setting the boundary is the first place is to safeguard your relationship with them. Because if you do not set boundaries with a toxic person, all that's going to do is grow resentment until you basically that, that relationship completely crumbles and fades. Mm -hmm. And so you are not responsible for how someone responds to your boundary. You're responsible for creating it and honoring it and also following through with the consequences if it's crossed. And that journey can be a little rocky to navigate, especially if it's a new boundary and they aren't nor they aren't used to you having boundaries. That's going to make them uncomfortable, but long-term that is the way that you are able to navigate healthy, happy, whole relationships um, and boundaries can look a lot of different ways. A boundary can be that you you really manage how much time you spend with that person. It can be setting boundaries for how you will allow yourself to be spoken to by that person. Um, but boundaries are huge. And there's also some really, really great books out there that talk mm-hmm. about boundaries that I highly recommend from professionals much more experienced than I am to speak to that. But you need to understand what's best for you and understand that when you set a boundary, it is loving for you and the person you're setting the boundary with. I have a much more direct answer in the fact that when it's gone too far for me personally, it's gone too far. And so in um, my style assessment for personalities, we talk a lot about how we handle things um, in our lives. And one of the questions is when someone has it, when necessary, can you sever a relationship or can you not sever a relationship? And it doesn't matter. There's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad answer. For me, I can sever a relationship when it's gone too far. I have reasons to not be around you any longer. Now, when those unsupported people maybe live in your own house, we still have to do a lot more assessing to our lives and how we handle them. But I think boundaries is such a wonderful answer. <clears throat> boundaries for you are going to be different than boundaries for other people. Mm-hmm. How I handle a situation and am direct and be like, okay, like I've done enough. This is all I can do. And then I'm, I can let it go. Other people can't. And that's just how God made us. And so again, you are so unique you are uniquely you. God made you uniquely yourself and your personality has been shaped by all your past experiences, whether they be good experiences, bad experiences, 
you are just uniquely you. And so figure out what boundaries work for you. And again, as Kaya said, they work for both you and the other party because keeping yourself in that toxic cycle is just so, it's such a disservice to yourself. I think for anyone who identifies as being a helper or wanting to make the world a better place than they found it, um, we can fall into this tendency of wanting to help change someone or make them different or improve their situation um, the way we see fit. And one thing that has been really important for me to realize and understand is it is not my responsibility Mm -hmm. to fix anyone else. I can do the work on myself to understand how things impact me. Um, I can do the work on myself to keep myself safe. And ultimately it is my responsibility to focus on my family. And those are the people that I directly live with and have influence on and have brought into this world. Um, And everyone outside of that, I get to decide what our interactions look like and how much I'm going to let things impact me, even if they've really upset me in the past and what it looks like to love someone in their own unique way, but understand that you are not going to change them and it is not your responsibility to do so and that you don't owe anyone any level of anything that you know is detrimental to your physical, mental, or emotional health. Okay. Last question. This one was also popped in the box and it kind of made me giggle. It said, how did y'all get so dang cool? And I have to say, um, for the majority of my um, childhood and adolescence, I would never, never have used the word cool to describe who I was. In myself, in my own skin, and how I felt like I related to people in a, in a social structure. And I think the thing that has made me so confident in who I am today is learning how to navigate those situations and being okay with not being the most popular girl in the room and understanding what it looks like to lead with kindness and include people who aren't included and build build my own table and understand what that looks like and how to be the most authentically me in every variation of that form. And, you know, things like House of Color and understanding your style and color. This is, I, I promise this is not a commercial for House of Color, but, but, but I think, you know, that along with a lot of personal growth work and therapy, it's just like the more you give yourself permission to be yourself, the more you magnetize people like you or people who respect you and love you and celebrate you for who you are. And I think when we see people that we admire or say, gosh, they're so cool, it's because they are confidently and authentically themselves in their own special way. And that just radiates. Coolness. And so, yeah, I would say that everyone that I know is cool because they are uniquely themselves. Ditto. This is also not sponsored by Brene Brown, but I love it because I love it so much. I maybe it could be sponsored by Brene. I know. I mean, (laughs) also try to manifest that. This is the thing, like Emily said, when people admire you, it's because they see something in you that they want to embody more of in themselves, or it's a piece of themselves that they admire that they are seeing as you Mm -hmm. in you as a mirror. And I think, like Emily said, I think that confidence when we see confidence in other people. It's really inspiring. I will also say it can also be triggering for insecurities. Mm-hmm. They're very full of themselves because we're not confident in ourselves as well. But I, there are so many people in my life and in the world that I think are so cool. that are absolutely nothing like me, but I think like what Emily said, it has to do with their ability to embrace who they authentically are 
unapologetically. And I think at the end of the day, we all really want that. There's a quote that I love by Brene Brown. Yes, it is. And that is so big because when I was little, all I wanted to do was be cool. All I wanted to do was to fit in. Mm-hmm. And I spent my whole life trying to fit in. And I think a lot of us spend our entire lives trying to fit in. So hear me now. This is the quote. <laughs> Fitting in is becoming who you think you need to be in order to be accepted. Belonging is being your authentic self and knowing that no matter what happens, you belong to you. Mm. And here's the thing. We spend our whole life trying to be cool for other people. But what really makes you cool is learning how to love yourself regardless of what other people think of you. Mm-hmm. For me, it's been helpful to find my people. Not everyone is going to be your person and they don't have to be. And you don't have to be everyone's person either. Um, you don't have to change yourself to fit in with a group of people. In fact, you probably shouldn't. And for me, I'm okay with having a smaller friend group, but a higher quality friend group. Mm who takes me for who I am and loves me for who I am. I heard a podcast recently. I don't remember who it was. She had a guest on and we were talking about success and their measure of happiness and how the two shouldn't correlate. Um, So Mm. when I saying that about being cool is what does cool even mean? And like we were talking about this expectation or trying to always be cool or be successful or be happy. We are the ones who get to define what that is. And so I would say through my adolescent years, I was always like, I want to be popular and I want to play sports. And I had this idea of who I wanted to be, but I wasn't that. And I did find a lot of unhappiness and unsettledness that manifested into my adult years. And it wasn't until recently that I'm working through a lot of that, like perfectionism and what is cool and who makes that rule of what Mm -hmm. cool is. And so what my advice would be on, becoming cool like us is, <laughs> is loving yourself. That's exactly right. And, and that's a question that's really resonated me from my therapist is, do you love yourself? And originally my answer was no, but I'm learning every day to love myself more and more. Mm-hmm. And so mm. thank you for letting us be on the podcast. Mm. What a wonderful treat. I just, like I said, over the past couple of years, these women have become so near and dear to my heart. They have seen me at my absolute best and they have seen me at my sobbing worst. And I just think what a gift, what a gift that, um, that we exist in a time where this is, is celebrated. I think that a lot of us can relate to growing up being told the narrative that every woman is out to, to get us or compete with us or squash us or bully us or whatever. And, I just imagine what would the world look like if that's not the message that we were told, if we were told that, gosh, I'm going to cry. I should have let someone else like wrap this up, but I know I'm sorry. But what would it look like if we lived in a world where we were, we're telling girls that women are their sisters and are there to build each other up and to celebrate uniqueness. And I know I'm playing one small part of that by hosting retreats and masterminds and bringing these friends together, but it is so important in the work that I'm doing to celebrate, to celebrate each and every one of you and each and every one of the people that are sitting next to me today. So thank you for listening to our coffee chat where we actually didn't have coffee because we drank it all. Um, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and laughed right alongside of us and gleaned a little bit of wisdom from specifically the Brene Brown quotes. (laughs) (laughs) It was Teddy Roosevelt and Jenna Kutcher. Until next time, I am so forever grateful for you and we'll see you next week. 
Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.